Hello everyone, it's Marie and Brittany, your hosts for the Property Management Show at Home Edition. This podcast is brought to you by Four and Half, marketing agency for property managers. Today's guest, co-founder and CEO of Property Meld, Ray Hespin. At this time, almost everyone is talking about COVID-19. So we invited Ray to the podcast to share with us not just what is currently happening with maintenance in light of COVID-19, but also to talk through what property managers should expect and prepare for once the pandemic is over. Ray, thank you so much for making time for us today to be on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, So it's our first time having you. I'm shocked that it's the first time. But for our listeners, can you introduce yourself, like who you are and what you do? So appreciate it so much for being on. I was was telling you before the call, this was starting to get hurtful that we haven't got to talk on the podcast before. But uh, but anyways, appreciate you both having me on. Uh, it's a really exciting topic uh, we're going to talk about today. Uh, so myself, I'm a co-founder and CEO of a company called Property Meld. Our, our big thing is we're basically obsessed about property management maintenance. Um, we do that in the form of uh, providing a platform that automates a lot of the steps, the follow-up, the verification of completion, and just ensures the process through it. Um, and uh, basically what we do that is we work with property management firms, help, help uh, tighten costs and, and increase efficiency and improve quality. That's awesome. So um, obviously the reason we brought you in here today is to talk about maintenance and more specifically, you know, um, we're kind of in a weird situation right now where, you know, we're kind of stuck at home and um, we're in the middle of a crisis. So um, you know, we first want to talk a little bit about um, how the crisis has affected, you know, maintenance related to property management. And then later down the road during this episode, we'll start talking about, okay, what's next? Like after the crisis, um, what does it look like? So to start off that conversation, can you give us like a big picture overview of what's happening right now in terms of maintenance? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing is has been going through our data and just like seeing what the changes in behaviors have been um, right now. Obviously, there's a lot of renters concerned about submitting issues, having somebody come in their home. And there's a lot of people concerned about, do I send out technicians or vendors um, to complete issues or complete, complete service issues? So right now, we're seeing pretty big shifts off of what is the normal curve at this time of the year. And you know the, the high level view is, is we're seeing renters submit less uh, and property management firms completing less as well. So it's creating this, uh, this interesting storm that uh, we're gonna have to deal with at some point, but that's what we're seeing now. Is there like, is, is it a, like a very, very large number less? Like is there a percentage that you have? <clears throat> So yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked because I didn't know how far you wanted to geek out here. I'm just but, so uh, curious. Uh, it's it's pretty significant. So uh, you know, really, so we call this. We've actually in property mill called this like the COVID effect uh, of maintenance. So uh, it's the new TM, Mandela effect. TM. Uh, <laughs> but basically, what we're seeing is like when renters don't submit issues, that's. Uh, what you're doing is creating like ghost service issues, right? It's like things that exist and they're broken. You just don't know about them. 
Um, so we call those that the, they're basically not submitted service issues. And especially as people being home more, like we expect equal if not more repairs. So uh, we're seeing a pretty significant drop off on the amount of service issues submitted uh, to around the tune of around 25%, um, what is normal. Uh, and and there's varying reasons for that. Uh, some property management firms and even our early advisement on it was uh, to prevent the renters, like if it's not an emergency, don't submit it. Um, and that's been a message that a lot of property management firms uh, have adhered to. But uh, as more, uh, you know, kind of information comes out on this, it's, you know, we're encouraging people to submit it and just prioritize. Right, because it's like, what happens if you get well number one if you don't have people submitting it you're not going to know how to prepare for when you can go do it um and then the the number two is obviously if you don't do it and you get all of these influx of maintenance requests after the fact that's going to turn into like a crazy well yeah you said it a second ago storm whatever you said it sounds like it's just very overwhelming well and that's and that's not all that's like part of the concern so if you're dropping like by you know 20 plus percent of service right. issues, that's already kind of like ooh, like what's happening there? There's this compounding uh, effect that's happening, which is basically property management firms are taking whatever submissions are coming in, and then they're prioritizing those. So the amount of service issues right now um, that are being completed is about 56 percent the normal completion rate. Um, which is crazy. So the half the work is getting done on what's coming in. Man. Uh, so so you have these two these two contributing elements of what we call the backlog, um, and that is renters aren't submitting it, which they will submit it at some point. Mm -hmm. The cupboard didn't fix itself. The toilet right. is still leaking. The fan is still making a buzzing noise. That you know these are coming. It's just when people mm -hmm. are comfortable with submitting these. Uh, and then on the other side, you have all this deferred maintenance that's basically piling up. Uh, and it's starting to get uh, to pretty, pretty crazy numbers um, uh, to where if, uh, let's say, social distancing starts to really ease off in May, uh, you're going to have a backlog as big as what May produces all on its own. So, which is, I mean, everybody knows summertime is insane. So, mm -hmm. like... <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's going to get pretty gnarly. It's, it's how do we, how do we manage it's the, yeah. the Well, and it's, it's just like thinking about, um, what you said a second ago too. renters not wanting to submit. I know Marie has a story, but like yeah. my sister, her refrigerator broke and she's like, well, my refrigerator's broken. I feel like I need a ref I need it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. she submitted a request and she was just like all paranoid. She's like, Oh my gosh, this guy's coming into my apartment. What do I do? Do I leave? And then she was just like, I sanitized everything afterwards. I'm like, I, th yeah. I, I think you're okay. And now you have food, which is good if you're going to be mm -hmm. at home for a long time. Yeah. 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 I think it like really depends. So like actually uh, submitted two maintenance issues for um, my apartment property manager. One was not really urgent. So it was raining very heavily for like two straight days here in the Bay Area. And you wanted them to change the weather. And yes, yes, basically, right. Um, and add COVID-19 to that request too. Um, but, but really, so my window started leaking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not urgent, but I want to report it because I, I don't want to be like liable that I like, you know, I let it go on for too long. So I wanted to put it on record, but I didn't want anyone to come and fix it. 
So mm-hmm. I just like made sure I added a bunch of towels by the windowsill so that it wouldn't soak into the wood. And then I reported it and I made it very clear in capital letters, do not send anyone. <laughs> like I oh, just wow. want the maintenance issue reported and I told them what I was doing to prevent the water from soaking into the wood. Um, and so I felt like, I think I handled that like, okay, so they're aware that mm-hmm. as soon as like the shelter in place is lifted, this is like an issue that they can feel free to prioritize. But then two days later, our garbage disposal stopped working. And so it was trickier because it, we still didn't feel comfortable having someone come into our apartment. But at the same time, we were cooking more. And so we mm-hmm. need the garbage disposal. And yep. so we started Googling how to fix a garbage disposal. We felt like, hey, if something was just stuck, we could just get it out. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get the thing out. And so this is embarrassing. We, <laughs> we took out the garbage disposal, put it in a garbage bag, put it outside our door and asked our maintenance to remove the stuck plastic thing from outside our door. And um, our maintenance person was like, are you out of your mind? You know, you'll be liable for leaks. And we're like, we understand you want to keep you and us safe. And so he was like, okay, I took it out. I'm leaving. So when he left, we took the garbage disposal and reattached it. We troubleshoot like two leaks and now it's working perfectly. But I was like so scared that we would like break it and we would end up with more damages. But just to show you how, like if, like I'm paranoid. So I can imagine other people, I don't know. We were lucky that our maintenance person was willing to do that, but we're lucky that we didn't break it. Well, and I think like the stories you just told anecdotally, all three of them, like this automatic pause that says, should I submit this or should I not? Mm -hmm. Like that's what's happening, right? You're having these renters sit there and choose, uh, do I want somebody in my home or not? Mm -hmm. And um, so there's been an interesting ways that people are handling it. Um, One of the, one of the ways is actually to really communicate how they're going to protect the people when they submit it. So one of the cool things we built in property and all their product team ripped it out really quickly was allowing this like custom notification that popped up when a renter submitted an issues and like updated how they're handling uh, repairs during this time, the preventative measure, the maintenance people are going to come into what they can expect when they interact. Um, Even in providing instructions like, uh, you know, don't be in the home uh, when when we're doing the repair and we will wipe down stuff. So, uh, it, but that that sort of hesitancy is what's creating this invisible uh, amount of service issues that uh, is gonna is gonna amount to significant here when summertime hits. I love I love that you came up with that that feature for for the tool just because if you think about it, there is so much mystery about what happens Mm -hmm. and that eliminates so much fear. Like even if you look at people that, I mean, we were just talking about this before we started, but like support local, like if we're talking about restaurants or grocery stores or any type of local business breweries, um, if that floats your boat, um, I, I was noticing a lot of companies weren't sharing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like we have, like, obviously they don't, I'm sure they have a tool like property meld for like other industries, obviously, but um, I wasn't seeing a lot of communication coming through social media and things like that. So I feel like that just put your clientele 
just like a step ahead of other people. It's like, that's really cool. I just really love that. It, I, yeah. It's hundred percent the product team. The cool thing is like, we just talk to a lot of, uh, of our customers and saying, how are you handling it? And just communication in, in during this time and over communication and positive communication is the only thing that's going to allow you to manage it. Um, the moment you step into negative or fearful or whatever, like you're going to, you're going to be out of control of the situation. You're not going to be able to get them to submit service issues when you want them to, even if they're going to be delayed. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's uh, kudos to the product team and our customers that helped us uh, navigate to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said. Um, now more than ever, communication is very important, right? Like, like you said, um, I think that that's true that, um, the, the main reason I was concerned to submit maintenance issue, and it was very clear, I don't want anyone entering my home was because they were not really, like my property manager wasn't communicating with me what the, the situation was, like how are they planning to make me feel safe? Because even if we do leave and we're not home when the maintenance person comes in, how are we sure that, you know, nothing's contaminated, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, with, like whatever tool you use, if you make it a point that you're communicating to your residents that you're taking this seriously, I think like that's key. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I think a super tactical thing that people need to learn how to do right now is getting people comfortable enough that they submit all their service issues. You want to be as a property manager in control. I talked to another property manager uh, and he said, you know, I, I want to be the person deciding what's critical and what's not. I don't want my renters to do that. Right. Um, yeah. I don't want, so you had mentioned like the window leaking, right? That's a perfect example. It could cause real damage to the property and that's an emergency in every other situation. Well, I didn't think it was an emergency and therefore, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not going to submit it. And then we've got, you know, five, $10,000 in property damage or something like that. And it's like, so just getting them all in is like super important. And that's what the communication is going to do um, is allow people to feel comfortable that they should get uh, submissions up. Yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I had submitted the window leaking thing and I said, like, I don't want anyone entering. We didn't really get a response like, hey, actually, it's an emergency. Like, you know, we need to get someone in like or not even. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's not an emergency. Like there was no validation. Oh, there so was I no think, communication back. To no, no communication back. It was just the automated that, you know, we received yeah. your request. No but one at least at least you put the ball in their court, maybe yeah. a little bit more aggressively <laughs> than other people <laughs> might with your all caps don't come in. But at least they have the opportunity to then say, actually, I know you don't want us to come in, but this is a big issue and mm -hmm. we're, we're going to need to fix it. And it, it's in your best interest because you don't want that to turn into mold or you don't want it to right. like, do whatever. Yeah. So you, yeah, I think that even though yours was, oh, you're like, I'm embarrassed. It was aggro. Uh, think that you, you did what you did the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, like there is the ability. So we, you know, we're big advocates of troubleshooting issues digitally. Um, and so that's kind of one of the nicer new benefits of some of the newer technology is being able to do that. And so you think about the garbage disposal, like you tried to do it yourself and pull up, but if, if they're able to call you or send YouTube links or whatever, 
to help you getting that going to where you're not ripping it out and setting outside the front door. I appreciate you sharing that story. But again, it's all, it's all around communication and being like, feel comfortable doing it. Like let's navigate this together as a property manager and a renter. Yeah. And I, that I kind of, this, this part of the topic leads me to a different question. So we're talking about the renters being scared to have people enter their home. How do you feel like the maintenance technicians or the vendors like are feeling and did, do you have any advice on how to um, just handle that situation? Because we read a lot of things online and I know I keep going back to like restaurants or um, grocery stores because that's what is all over the news right now, not right. property management <laughs> maintenance. Um, but you see people being like, man, I, I don't really want to go to work, but I have to. Have you seen mm -hmm. any like really good ways of property managers handling that with their team or vendors? So in, in both scenarios, both if you have internal technicians or vendors, um, they're, they're folks who are only getting paid if they're on the clock. Um, I think that's important to know because that changes a lot of the motivations. If you're somebody who gets paid, whether you're there or not, I know what I would choose to do. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so in those instances, and I've talked to other property management firms and they, you know, uh, there's one gentleman who had made the comment that, uh, he, uh, he says, I don't think that they're cautious enough. Like they're treating it like they want to treat it more serious. So they're putting things in place. You know, it's, it's the rubber gloves. Uh, it's, you know, telling the renter how they should behave, keeping six feet, like that communication is really important. Uh, wearing booties, um, wearing masks, uh, as well. And, uh, I've even heard of some property management firms doing, uh, goggles like you'd see in like chemistry. Oh, wow. So, but a lot of it is whether it's, it's overkill or not, or underkill, it's, it's showing that we're taking necessary precautions and it's not business as usual. And like, we're going to take steps for that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's what we're seeing there. Um, the vendor side is really interesting because, uh, as we see in like dropping off, um, internal technicians are getting favored very heavily on the work for obvious reasons. Property manager says, my employees, I want to try and take care of these folks. Um, the vendor networks are really being put under duress right now. So they're, uh, <clears throat> from my understanding, from what I'm hearing from property management firms, they're being super helpful. How can it we won't work? Yeah. yeah. How do I, how do I best facilitate this to, um, to, to make this work for everyone? So. Good. That makes total sense. Um, and I loved what you said about, it's like, if you, if you work, you get paid. If you don't work, like it's your, it's yeah. a, it's a job. Like that's yeah. how it is. You just kind of have to make the best out of the situation and do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the flip side of that coin is because they only get paid when they're actually working, there's there might be an incentive to try to push through even if maybe they have a slight cold because they think, oh, it's a slight cold, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and the dangerous thing there is like um, kind of gauging yourself because yeah. we, we all know that some people who are healthy enough don't get serious symptoms mm -hmm. um, and you can be infectious even before you start getting the bad symptoms. So I think Mm -hmm. um, communication too with the, the vendors and the technicians that like, yes, we want to take care of you. Um, we have all these um, equipment to protect you. But if you feel even slightly sick, like, please, like we know that. Yeah. You know. 
<clears throat> yeah, and I, I think one of the things that I forgot to mention is a great, great point that's in line with that. Uh, they have stated both, uh, there's property management firm that state both for uh, vendors, their own technicians and renters. If at any point you feel uncomfortable about the environment, the whatever, like you have the, you have the ability to ask it. And that's not been normal, right? If you're a, a maintenance tech or a vendor to have the call to raise the flag and be like, you know, everybody's sniffling, coughing in this house. Like, I just don't want to be here. Like it used to be a, just go and do the job. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're giving, they're empowering to make decisions more based on their environment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so. Very good. Um, so going like, I don't know if it's a step back or a step forward. <laughs> um, we were talking about all of these issues building up these ghost, um, ghost requests, or is, I don't know if that's what you call them, ghost phantom. Tickets, <clears throat> I named whatever. it something different every time. Anyways. Yeah, I love There's it. The COVID effect, that's standard, but yeah, it's like your hidden backlog. Yes, exactly. So um, obviously one of the risks that we talked about that's associated with that is just uh, handling the backlog of uh, May's volume times two in May, mm -hmm. almost. What are some other risks <clears throat> so one of the interesting ones that we're kind of curious how it's going to pan out is like we see the huge drop in service up volume completion by vendors like and you have to imagine uh, if you're a property management firm and like half your fees half your revenue went away like what does that mean for you how long can you survive um, I you know I don't uh, try and make assumptions there but I know it creates like some serious financial stress on these companies so it'll be curious what the already strained vendor network looks like after this um, is it going to be even more limited than than it was prior to this uh, the other thing is like we've even like done the math on some of this if you're able to increase your output by like 20 percent so like say say june is your max month uh, of service issues like even if you were able to go 20% above that in terms of your capacity to coordinate schedule, uh, your workforce can do it. It's going to take you still to October. Um, if you were able to start in like end of May, it's going to take you to October to clean up everything that's beforehand. So like, you know, resident satisfaction, retention, owner retention is all invested on happy renters and renewing renters. Um, it's going to get a lot more complicated. And so, the notion is whatever your line is of, of service issue generation, like that you're normally completing, like you want to try and lean more on the side of empowering your technicians, empowering your vendors and trying to get more of it done because that's the only way that it's not going to be a massive fallout. Cause most States are already through this month of being in lockdown and next month's a big question mark. Mm -hmm. The further that goes on and the, the further you reduce the completion rate, um, it's, it's just going to create a, a more massive backlog that's going to cause some pretty, pretty serious uh, company harm, right. if not, not addressed in, you know, piecemeal. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned resident satisfaction because I know, um, I think you, 
you did a talk at the last PM Grow <clears throat> where you talked a lot about the data and how that related. I know you looped in reputation and how maintenance such is such a big piece of that. Mm -hmm. um, and just by improving the time it takes to complete a maintenance request can have like ridiculous impacts on mm -hmm. your online reputation. So it's like, we're in this weird spot with reputation because Google, Marie actually just did, um, she just did a blog on it. Google and Yelp have kind of said, hey, reviews, you can submit them, but they're not gonna be posted right away because mm -hmm. everybody's like, well, allegedly, Google, for example, is manually auditing them to make sure that COVID negative reviews related to COVID-19 won't have negative impacts on that person's reputation. And since you said this, this might go out till October, even if you increase it by 20%, it's like, I wonder if Google's going to be monitoring them for, for the foreseeable future. Cause mm -hmm. and understanding that, you know, this is unique to property management. This, this backlog that would cause strain in perhaps your reputation for both owners and renters all the way till maybe end of the year. Whereas restaurants are the main lifeblood of like Yelp and then Google mm -hmm, right. my business. They're like, well, as soon as they open again, people are like great food, great service. Right. So different. It's yeah. different. They might just like go back to normal. It's like, okay, now everyone can submit reviews and then, you know, you're a property management company just left to deal with the onslaught of the pent up frustration. Right. The review, the review might not say, oh, my window didn't get fixed because of COVID-19. In fact, it probably, yeah. it probably won't say that. It's yeah. going to be like, I submitted this maintenance request in April <clears throat> and it didn't get done till October. So, so uh, let, let's, let's make an assumption and play this out. Do you guys, uh, would you guys gamble on Google changing the rules out till October? Are they just going to let the negatives roll? I think one, like personally, I think once the shelter in place eases and businesses are starting to reopen, um, they, most of the businesses they look at are restaurants, right? So once, you know, people are starting to support local restaurants again and, you know, they're getting traffic, they're just going to like lift that. Yeah. Um, moratorium and then start taking on reviews, right? They haven't said anything about what they're going to do with the reviews they've collected up until they lift the moratorium. But I feel like they're just going to like let the floodgates open. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Well, and I think that they'll audit the reviews that are coming in now and then let the floodgates open. And I could see it needing to be on the individuals at the company or the individuals that manage like the Google by business profile to go in and flag those reviews. And guess what? I have a lot of clients already that ask me to flag reviews that aren't relevant on like a daily basis. So what's that going to look like if you're having to oh. manually flag those reviews afterwards? Well, and so I think we can both, we can all safely assume like we can't count on Google from protecting us on the negative online reviews like coming up. So it's just about if we know that or we are pretty confident in that, like we should err on that side and how do we manage it? I think it once again comes back to communication. Like, hey, we're prioritizing service issues. We've got a massive backlog and just updating them on whether it be a weekly basis. Yes. Like here's the stuff in queue. And you know what? Like I, I gave the example of this. I ordered, I ordered a cabinet. I'm doing a kitchen remodel in my house. 
And they said, man, it's, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but it's going to be like nine to 12 weeks. Like it's a, it's a cabinet. Like it's it'd normally probably be two, three weeks. They said, because of the logistics network, but because my expectations were set and I understand the scenario that we're in, like, I'm not going to balk at it. But if I wasn't aware of a nine to 12 week turnaround time, they said, all right, fantastic. You'll see it when you see it. When week three rolled around, I'd be probably like a little annoyed. I'd be calling, yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. Just check, just check the mail. And if it took nine to 12 weeks, like I would be irate. So this is like where the communication becomes super important. Having a great prioritization process to where you sit there and can take all those service issues and go, what is, what's, you know, high, high, mid, 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 low and low service issues and just start working through them um, systematically and, and keeping the people up to speed of, of where they're at. You're still a priority. We care about you. You know, you can, you can have people be empathetic for you that you're trying to manage the mass of service issues that you've been trying to protect interaction from before. And I think most people will be, uh, 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 human uh, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Reasonable (laughs) about it. Thank you. Yeah. So I feel like from that, the biggest things that I get for what people can do, right. Your property management companies can do right now is empower the tenants to submit requests, empower the vendors, maintenance technician staff to fulfill what requests they can and just be safe about it, prioritize the service issues, and then just communicate to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is what we're doing. This is what we've done. This is how we're handling things. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that can help you uh, prepare a little bit better for what's next, which is, which is what <laughs> we're gonna talk about next. <laughs> And can I add one more thing to that, Brittany? Please. Empathy. Like we need to, like when we communicate, have empathy. And like, we're very much like, and you know, just everyone is like, you know, we're in a business and you know, uh, there's renters and they have a contractual obligation. The way that you come out winning is being empathetic and transparent. Um, And uh, not not uh, not saying this is how it is because you're a renter and go pound sand, but uh, sitting there saying we understand this is how we're working through you. We do care about you, um, but uh, empathy. Yeah, very good advice because you do see um, some crazy posts on social media uh-huh. of um, both sides of the spectrum. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And we, we want to, this is a, this is an opportunity for our industry to really like up their game and separate ourselves from, you know, those, those few off landlords that give uh, uh, property management and investor owners a bad name and be like, Hey, this is why you trust somebody like us. This is why we're professionals. We know what we're doing and we can manage it through this. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, speaking about like looking ahead. Um, so how would the world look like, you know, after this crisis is over? So you already kind of touched on it in terms of, okay, there's this like boiling pot that's building pressure that's possibly going to blow up once the shelter in place, um, you know, orders ease up. But like what other things do you think will change or um, will string along even when things go back to quote normal? 
So I, I think there's going to be a massive shift towards technology. I think this has been a forcing function for a lot of folks. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to make this change in six months. I'm going to make it in 12 months. Uh, there's a gentleman I was talking with uh, uh, out of Denver, and he said, you know, my, my reinvention five-year plan or whatever uh, has turned into like a week, like <laughs> five, five year into like a week or two weeks. So he took all the improvements that he was like going to get to, and it was Tony Klein. I got to say his name. He's a uh, right this really really interesting concept around the the business reinvention every so often and it's basically going to compress so i think prop tech property technology um this ability to manage remotely utilizing technology to to tighten belts where you can right now is all going to be super important and i think that's going to be the big shift um that's going to be lasting it's not going to be temporary right. it'll be lasting beyond um and so yeah that's the big that's the big one i see happening and it's funny people um, I feel like there's, it's gotten so much better, I would say in the last few years, but there's always this underlying fear from smaller companies that technology will replace their job. But mm -hmm. in this circumstance, it's really a great example of how it can just enhance what you do and mm -hmm. make your life easier, mm -hmm. make everybody's life easier. So I right. feel like that's just a good example of kind of maybe that that person, or maybe not somebody else, but maybe it is in somebody's long-term plan because they're convinced they don't have to do it right now. Mm -hmm. um, so it probably is in this scary situation for some, it's probably probably eliminating some of the fears associated with take associated with taking certain steps. It, it's it's definitely a forcing function. I think I think no matter what, you, if you've got somebody you could walk across the hall with and mm -hmm. talk to and figure things out like, and that disappears. Like it's, it's a forcing function. I, I would still say, I mean, just from a, from the aspect of what can be done, I know property management firms are sitting there going like, we don't know what's going to happen here. So like, how do we protect our own business? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be done with like understanding your levers. Yeah. Like where can you lean up? Where can you not? And you know, it's, it's going to be a, that's going to be a big driving function beyond just the working remotely aspect. Yeah. Like we all wish we had Zoom stock. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or the food delivery. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But you know, you only know in hindsight, right? So I, I really, I really like that statement about understanding the levers that you have as a business owner because it's so easy to sort of oversimplify that, like, oh, you know, it's just a matter of, um, it's just a matter of like me making sure that I have enough to like pay my payroll. And so, okay, mm -hmm. the government has a stimulus package and that's like what everyone's been busy about lately. But um, I think to always keep in mind that there might be other levers. Mm -hmm. um, and so now that we're kind of in the topic of like money, which is a big like lifeline for a business. Um, another fear that typically comes with adopting technology is that, oh, but it's expensive. Mm -hmm. right and right like in a normal in the normal time it's already a concern that oh can i afford to like jump into that world of like adopting a new technology and then the time and and money that it takes to like mm -hmm. not do the day-to-day -day job but to learn it and set it up and everything much more now when a lot of businesses um are scared because we don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. and um we don't know how long this will go on and so we don't know how long each small business can survive. And so um, 
you're talking about, oh, now's the time when people are looking to technology, but like, how do you balance that with a fear that like, can I even sustain it um, as a business to keep both the technology and my people and my business? Yeah, so that's a that's a tough call that I don't uh, want to be on the, the business side of it. But the reason anybody considers any technology should be to solve a problem. If you're coming in and getting technology that says it should make life easier, like does it provide the optionality of the business owner to say, hey, um, this gives me the opportunity to potentially, if this goes on for a long period of time, um, that I've got an ability to take a smaller workforce and still go out and do it. Uh, if, you're, if your problem is, uh, I don't know how we're going to handle this massive amount of service issues, you're going to use technology to help you solve that. So there always needs to be a purpose of technology um, that solves a problem. And especially right now, like as we're seeing, like the conversation is way more financial future-proofing. It's saying, what levers do I have? I'm interested here. And so it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's like an insurance policy, but um, people are doing it, uh, doing the math on the on the paper napkin that says, yeah, like this this is a a good smart decision that'll help me preserve the company. It, you know, a lot of the the things that uh, I think we had kind of like come up in um, in April was like the big fear. I was like, thirty percent of my rent not going to get paid. Yeah. You know? uh, and you know, property management. I mean, you know, people can adjust for you know, ups and downs of sales and revenue by like 5% and be like, ah, you know, like we got to, we got to do better team. Uh, but the reality is, is, you know, most people don't have such a large savings account that they get absorbed 30% uh, of a revenue drop in three months. And so that's, that's why a lot of people are making the decisions either on that or on increasing throughput of their team or what's coming ahead. And so it's, it's definitely shifted from, we want to provide quality service to what levers do I have um, financially? Are people, are more people coming to you guys right now to property meld for help? Like, have you guys seen an uptick? <clears throat> so we had about two weeks um, and you can probably guess which two weeks they were um, to where it was dead. Yeah. It was quiet and it was, everybody hit the pause button. And so mm -hmm. I think what we had to do was figure out how, you know, as a, as an industry, we had to kind of go through like, what is it? Our five stages of grief, right? What is, right. Whatever it <laughs> is, like, we eventually wound up in acceptance and that was two weeks. And it's like, we got to figure out what to do. Like, you know, it is what it is and we got to figure out how to do it. So we had about two weeks where, um, I jokingly said the industry was going, including us, like five stages of grief, like what's this going to do? What's this going to do? And, yeah. and, uh, went through that. But from there on out, what we've seen is a shift um, uh, to uh, fewer but larger operators um, yeah. has been our, our big move. And I think it is because of those levers, um, you know, that, that we talked about earlier. Yeah. We kind of saw something similar for us as a marketing company. I feel like the two weeks of radio silence is kind of like very similar. We're like, right. oh, this is life now. This is, <laughs> this is our life. Um, but then things drastically changed and you have different people coming out of the woodwork being like, I think I need to do this right now mm -hmm. to prepare myself for the future. So that's really interesting. Um, one of the things that we say as a company, and I think this is important, if you're anybody selling to anybody right now, it doesn't matter if you're a property manager selling to an owner, if you're somebody in property mail selling to a, a maintenance department or a property management firm, uh, 
it's like being a problem solver. Yeah. Right? The, the, we solve a variety of problems. Some of them are just more important right now. For a property manager, uh, the navigating the legalities of a freeze on evictions is a new problem, mm -hmm. right? How do you be the problem solver for your landlords and owners that maybe wasn't your foot forward last time? So I, I think anybody in business, we are problem solvers. And what problem does your client or prospect have? And how are you a solution to that problem? And that's, and that's, that's what COVID has done is it's moved the problems around. So we got to solve different problems. Yeah, definitely solving various problems everywhere. I think that's a very important um, thing to point out because like you said, like empathy is very important right now. And that's kind of part of it. It's not, it's not enough to just you know, communicate that, yes, I understand. You have to show that you understand mm -hmm. by actually sitting down and thinking about, okay, what are the top problems of people right now? And mm -hmm. how can I solve it given the current restrictions? And how mm -hmm. do I communicate that solution to them? I think it's very powerful. Absolutely. So, um, you know, do you have... Um, any final like insights for our audience or um, if not, like what is the biggest takeaway that you want our listeners to um, get from this episode? Uh, uh, the biggest ones find a way to get the renters to submit service issues, mm -hmm. come up with a systematic way of how to address and prioritize those issues in the coming months and over communicate. Um, that's the big stuff in maintenance. Know the work's coming, know people are going to get pushed out and just communicate. Um, and, and that's, and that if you do those three things, right, you're going to, you're going to be sitting at the top of the food chain at the end of this. That's awesome. great. It's like a make or break time, really. Oh, yeah. like the call. It's like the calm before the storm, right? Well, because it is. Going down, but you, like you said, like, it's like ghost maintenance. <laughs> requests like you just don't feel them but they're there yeah. <laughs> and I think business owners love challenges like property management firms like love jobs like hey this is why we're here and this is why more landlords are going to hire professional property managers like this is our time to shine so yeah Great. absolutely so we have the we have the during which is radio silent ghost maintenance town after it's going to be like a thunder lightning storm. So do what Ray says, everybody <laughs> prepare. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, now that, um, you know, we know that you want to hang out with us. We'll definitely invite you again if you're interested. Thank you. <laughs> well, to well, all of our listeners. Yes. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks, Marie. Appreciate you both. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to I'm excited to keep the conversation going as we navigate through this. Me too. Thank you so much for your help.